On this episode, we discuss SpaceX getting more competitive with themselves by having a new Florida prototype. We scratch our heads about a weird Picard showrunner situation. And I get excited about space drones. Space drones! Plus, we say goodbye to a famous comic book. This and more in this week's show. I'm Ryan from the Dad.io podcast, a show dedicated to dorky dads everywhere. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other dadalicious geeky shows at gonnageeknetwork.com. This is the official gunnageek.com show. Here, we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven. But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gonna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy! Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show. Canada Day, and welcome to an all-new episode of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. I am Canadian Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that the American Stargate Pioneer is here with me today. Happy 4th of July, since Stephen will release this on the 4th, or if he's mad on the 5th, but I hope you have had a safe summer celebration of your country of choice. Yes, that's right. We're actually recording this on Monday, July 1st, which is just like, it's Canada Day. This couldn't have worked out better this year, where the holidays just... They they basically aligned them for this show, is my understanding. That's that's the way it was all designed years ago. Years ago, yeah, just for 2019, so that when Gonna Geek recorded live on Monday, it would be Canada Day, and then when Stephen releases it on Thursday, it would be the Fourth of July for America, America. <laughs> as I as I a coworker actually told me, you guys are 152 years old of being underneath the Queen as a country, right? You know, I, I lost track because we just drink Molson all day. Well, it's pretty much just we were already pretty drunk. And then last year we legalized things. So, you know, it, it's a lost cause at that point. It's it, it, some amount of age. You legalize being able to read your odometer in miles per hour. <laughs> Why would we take a step back and go to the dark ages if we return to that system? Because most efficiencies are measured that way for cars. It's just the way things go. You talk about miles per gallon. You don't talk about, I don't know, kilometers per liter. I have no idea what you guys use up there. You know, it's actually a really weird thing. It's actually kilometers per, sorry, liters per 100 kilometers. That's the standard metric evaluation for fuel economy. (laughs) Like you're ever going to fit a hundred liters in your car. No, 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 no. Liters per hundred kilometers. So that's the measurement is how many liters per 100 kilometers. Really weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And what do electric cars base their efficiencies on? It doesn't matter because we, uh, we don't actually have electricity in Canada. We're still working on that. So you're just using torches and fusion and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. If you didn't gather by now, Chris Farrell is not here. Yes, sometimes we do ignore him, but not this much. No, Chris actually was supposed to be here tonight. We teased it last week that we were going to get back to doing segments. And of course, 
if I say that, then things are going to go completely wrong. And that's what happened was about two hours ago, Chris Farrell got home from work and he's like, wait a minute, why are my security cameras not working? And then he looked and he had to, interestingly, log in to his internet portal to find out that his internet service provider was doing maintenance. Yes, that was the only way that they actually gave him notification was through an internet-based panel. So luckily he was able to do that on his phone. But yeah, they didn't give any heads up that there was going to be maintenance. And so he is without internet. And the fun fact, the inside fact that I'll go ahead and throw him under the bus right now is he actually recently cut the cord on cable too. So all of his entertainment stuff is internet based right now. So he's really just bored, hopefully streaming this live right now on his phone watching us. He got rid of all his DVDs and his Blu-rays and he went totally digital, didn't he? Oh, Chris, I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, he probably would have to like, he, he probably has the discs, but he actually have to actually go and dust off the player because I heard that he got rid of his actual console and went to one of those uh, discless versions of Xboxes. That's what I heard. He was headed that way for the PS, I believe. And and then <laughs> if he wants to go back to Xbox, he'll do that too. Well, if you have not checked out the show before, we like to talk about geeky news and we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Now, Steven, <laughs> he messaged me like, I don't know, when was this? Three, four days ago. He messaged me and said, I'm doing this. Go stuff it, SP. I was like, oh, because I saw this story. I was like, I'm totally doing this story for going to geek on Monday. But no, no, no. Steven said, me, 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 me. It's going to be me. I'm going to talk about it. So, Steven. Go ahead and talk about your little baby news story. Okay, so first off, let me just clarify right now that I did tell SP to stuff it, but it was completely unrelated to this podcast. Uh, I tell him to stuff it all the time for other things, but uh, I actually had said, SP, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. I did offer it first because I'm Canadian and Canadians are polite. So when your producer says, if you're not going to do this, I'm going to do this, that means I want to do it. So no, I okay, fine. Go ahead and do it. All right. Well, uh, uh, you can go ahead. Now, I was going to turn it into a million dollar joke, reverse logic thing, but it's just too hard to think about because, you know, I've been drinking Molson's all day. But yes, this is all about space drones. Who's excited for space drones? NASA announced on June 27th that they're going to be launching a life hunting rotorcraft, also known as drone, called Dragonfly towards Saturn's huge moon titan in 2026 if all goes well dragonfly will land on the hazy frigid satellite in 2034 and then spend uh years flying around getting a bunch of information and doing other droney things but here's the thing dragonfly is not going to be alone in the concept of space drones no there's going to be a tiny helicopter scout that's going to accompany NASA's Mars 2020 rover mission, which is scheduled to launch and land in Mar on Mars in February of 2021. So SP, I'm assuming space drones, all these are basically Mavic Pro 2 sent up. You're going to do it. You're just going to basically launch it from your backyard. Just keep going higher and higher and higher and higher until space. And then you're going to pilot these drones. Is that correct? 
Well, right. So what I did is I took the technology that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were using to make the Zephyr 1 a spacecraft, and I incorporated that into my Mavic Pro, and it's just going to fly to Mars. We don't need SpaceX and anything. We got drones that are going to be making it there. Yeah. So just a little clarification on the drones and the fact that we're not talking about a Mavic. So a Mavic is about 1.68 or 1.7 pounds. And what they're talking about is something that is more than twice the size in terms of weight, probably all battery. It's going to be four pounds. So that is what the little helicopter that they're talking about is. And I might just say we've mentioned this before whenever I've talked about Mars 2020. <laughs> I know, but you, you, okay. You've never specifically called them space drones, I don't believe. No, because they won't be in space. They'll be on Mars. Yeah, but the thing is, people are billing these as space drones. And so I'm so excited. Space drones! Space drones! Okay, you have it your way. Whatever works for you. Okay, so here, here's the really fun thing about this is that, like, although this is exciting because they're space drones and people are calling them space drones, I actually wanted to bring this up slightly because of the fact that um, drone is a very broad category, and that's the only reason that this is getting buzzed right now, uh, like people myself are doing, because they're using the term drone. Dr the term drone is used for a plethora of different things across the world and so really like a remote vehicle itself like a mars rover is essentially a landrum that's what it is right right okay so another <gasps> little known fact well i guess it's widely known in drone circles but little known outside of drone circles this is in the summer of 2019 both canada and the united states have changed their drone laws so both Stephen and I have had to become registered drone pilots and we've had to register our drones. Canada is a little bit more draconian. You have to keep a flight log and stuff like that right now. But yeah, we are both registered drone pilots. Stephen, I'm wondering when the qualification test is going to come out to become a registered Martian drone pilot. <laughs> I like it. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a nominal fee if you're Canadian because there is a nominal fee for uh for the regular drone pilot. So it'd probably be, I don't know, the regular pilots, the basic one is 10 bucks. Uh, what do we think? We think it'd be like 15, 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, 15 or 20 bucks times like, I don't know, a, a thousand. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, you didn't watch Big Bang Theory, but there was an episode, a little arc of episodes in Big Bang Theory where the engineer he became an astronaut, but one of the things that he was doing as well is he was controlling the Martian rover, right? Yeah. And they got the Martian rover stuck. And that was the whole deal is that they <laughs> killed the Martian rover. So, yeah, you don't want to be that guy, especially if you work for the JPL. All right. So what this news article has done is, number one, talk about the fact that I'm excited for space drones. Number two, me go and poo-poo all over the fact that people are excited over this being called space drones because, let's be honest, a rover is a drone. Three, talk about the fact that you, SPNR, are now certified drone pilots. And C, I mean D, we're also learned the fact that SP would rather have been on Big Bang Theory than this show. I think that's what we learned right there. Wouldn't have been a bad gig. It pays better. But let's talk about the Martian atmosphere a little bit before we leave this news story. It's not the same as Earth's, right? It's it's 
a little lighter because, well, it's less dense and stuff like that. And it's, as a matter of fact, 1% of thickness as the Earth's atmosphere. So you're going to need bigger propellers in order to move around. It's not impossible, but you're just going to need a bigger way to create lift in a less dense atmosphere. So I'm curious as to what these drones will look like. They'll probably be tested out in big vacuum chambers to make sure that they can operate in the 1% of Earth's atmosphere. And we'll see what they can get. And honestly, if you're going to explore another planet, you know, the rovers on land have been pretty stable. I mean, we've lost one or two along the way, but if you want to cover some ground, it's time to get in the air. And as much videography and pictures as we've taken with our drones, just imagine doing that on another planet, be able to get up close and personal with whatever you want to look at very rapidly and then burst that data back to Earth. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, space drones, whatever you want to call them, they're going to be great. And of course, we're talking about two different ones. We're talking about the little helicopter and we're talking about Dragonfly. Dragonfly is going to be a huge thing. The little quadcopter is going to be more like the drones that we know now, except for bigger propellers. Uh, SP, I look forward to you live streaming your launch from your backyard because uh, that is something that I know all of the viewers are going to be looking for. And I'm assuming that Chris is going to do a narration play by play for the audio listeners. We can do this later on this month because I have found out you can live stream from your GoPro. Yes. Actually, you know what? There is a couple um live stream options I think that Mavic has built in, isn't there? I think you can do it. I think you can do it right from the app, can't you? Well, yeah, but that's from you're going to see the actual camera from the drone. You're not going to see the drone take off. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yes, yes. I guess we would need that, too. That's right. That would. Yeah. But you know what I'll do is we'll figure it out with the live switching, things like that. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll put it all together. So we got the POV. We got the GoPro. We're, it's going to be fun to see you launch these two drones out of your own backyard. Moving on to the next news point here. You said that uh, SpaceX in Florida is going to have another prototype. Yeah, we've talked about this before where SpaceX is actually doing competitive prototypes for their Starship which is the 100 passenger spaceship to go to Mars, talking about Mars. And they have spied some pictures of the second prototype that is being created in Florida. So this is largely from a news article from last week from space.com. It was titled SpaceX's Starship Prototype Coming Together in Florida. Here's the gist of what it was saying. SpaceX is building a prototype Starship interplanetary craft in the Florida Space Coast industrial area. As a reminder, the Starship is a 100-passenger vehicle to transport people and cargo to Mars. SpaceX, which previously announced it would build prototypes in both Texas and Florida, is leasing the COCO facility from Coastal Steel. When finished, the Starship prototype will stand about 180 feet tall by 30 feet wide. And for you Canadians, that's roughly 39.6 meters tall by 9 meters wide. Peeking out above the tree line, the Florida Starship is finally starting to take shape. And if you've take the, taken a look at these pictures, it's obviously done from off campus. And they're looking onto campus. So literally, you see this thing just growing up out of a grove of trees. <laughs> it's amazing. 
So the company has already made significant progress on a similar prototype dubbed Starhopper at its South Texas facility, but SpaceX hopes a little friendly intercompany competition will not only improve the design of the craft, but also speed up the development process. The Texas-built prototype already has some flight experience, tethered to the ground and powered by only one of the Raptor engines, which it will use. The craft hovered for a few seconds before returning to the ground back in April of 2019. SpaceX is still in the early stages of testing, but the company expects the prototype to eventually be powered by three Raptor engines. The final Starship will launch atop a powerful rocket called the Super Heavy, both vehicles will be reusable. SpaceX says it will take 31 Raptor engines to power both the Super Heavy rocket with another seven Raptors on the Starship itself, so a total of 30, not 38 Raptor engines. The engines, which are still in development, are fueled by a combination of liquid methane and liquid oxygen packed about twice the punch of the Merlin engines currently powering the company's Falcon series of rockets. So there's a little update from SpaceX and where they are with the Star Hopper and Starship prototypes. SP, uh, in the chat, we have a question from Xandrax, which is saying, what if this Florida sh Starship winds up in a city called Jefferson? Well, then you would have to call it the Jefferson Starship. Mm, I like his answer better, which is it will claim to have built the city. There you go. Uh, and are they going to build it on rock and roll as well? I guess we'll find out. I would assume there is some form of strong foundation for this, probably that has rock involved with it. So maybe, but then if it fell over, it would be rolling. So there. this might have been before your time, but I have a question for you, Stephen. Did you listen to that song on the radio when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I, I lived through classic rock. Okay. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't know because it was like, it literally was before your time when you were a teenager. Anyway, in America, they had all those radio bits from different cities across America. Yeah. Did they include any Canadian versions? I don't believe so. No, I, not that I'm aware of. I'm not sure. Okay. And for those that are completely confused, we're talking about Jefferson's Starship song, We Built the City. <laughs> uh, okay. So I have a question for you. You said it's powered only by one Raptor. Uh, they brought dinosaurs back? No, no, no. Ford Raptor. Oh, Ford Raptor. Fair enough. Okay. That checks out better. Perfect. Uh, thank you very much for sharing this SP, by the way, everybody who's listening to this, this show right now is like, really, you guys just did two terrible jokes in a row. Uh, yes, uh, this is very interesting to see SpaceX competing with themselves and I like it. I think that it's good and definitely innovated, innovative. And if you want to check this out, as we always do, you can check out our show notes once this is posted at gunnageek.com. And I always have a link to the news articles where you can see the images that SP was talking about. Just want to say, just, I need to say something. Okay. So you talked about the competition between the two. This is a coordinated competition between the two. It's, this is a benevolent competition between the two, although I'm sure the two teams are going at it. This is way different than Elon Musk competing with Jeff Bezos. That is competition. Holy crap. If you get those two in a room or in Twitter fight back and forth with each other, they can light each other up. Okay, that's fair. We should always make that distinction, especially because of the fact that I believe one of them always threatens to slash the other one's tires. Oh, sorry. That's P and me. I apologize. 
No, it, you know, what you're talking about, it depends on how much each of them have been on Joe Rogan's show. <laughs> All right. Speaking of shows, let's talk about a uh, train wreck of a show, which seems to be the way it's going, which is the Picard series. And the reason I, I talk about this is because if, for those of you not familiar, CBS a couple years ago decided that they were going to refocus their Star Trek property largely because of the fact that their movie franchise ran into some big problems because they were failing at it. And they decided that they were going to start going up the television route again. And so they started on CBS All Access doing a series called Star Trek Discovery. Contrary to a lot of geeks rising up, getting mad about it, it's actually been doing fairly well, especially when you look at streaming analytics. You know, there's a couple of charts where it's actually moved up and uh, whatnot, and it's doing okay. And we talked previously before about how CBS is ahead, far ahead of their projection of what they wanted to be in their goals for user base. And a lot of it is credited to bringing Star Trek into the fold. Well, one of the shows that spun off from this start success of Star Trek Discovery was the idea of a Picard based series. And here is the thing with this. They allegedly started filming, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. I think it was like six months ago now we saw first tweets of Patrick Stewart doing something to do with it. And they announced the other day uh, that CBS has finally hired a showrunner. Yeah, they said that, um, I know, they said that Michael Caban, I believe is how you say it, is going to be the showrunner for this. Now, this was just announced last week. As I mentioned, we apparently had filming start already. So they're announcing a show running runner after they start filming. Was the filming that they started just that little Viagra-esque promo? Was that the only thing that we saw? Was that actually him? I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. We, we've seen a we've seen a set picture of him at Starfleet Academy, like or what is assumed to be Starfleet Academy. Like, I don't know. It's bizarre that they announced this in June 29th. I think was when they announced this. Unbelievable. A little bit of disorganization in CBS on this, and to be honest with you, the whole show is interesting. The the way they pulled it off. There are people like me who boycott the show because they don't want to pay for CBS all access for one show because it's literally the one show that I would need CBS all access for. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, just turn it on for the free trial or just turn it on for a month and watch everything and get rid of it, which I might ultimately do. But it's just the principle of the thing. Something that I've loved because it was free is now not free and available for everyone so it's uh, it's just the way of the future i get it and i'm stuck in the old ways and i don't know if i can cross over here but that aside so steven you and i uh, for those that might not know and i don't think we've ever said this publicly we watched the series designated survivor <laughs> funny enough i am i think on episode six of season three which is like a very hard turn in season three <laughs> So I watched season one and was like, oh, my God, this can't get any worse. And then I watched season two and I'm like, OK, I'm just invested at this point and I just wanted to be done. And then after season two, it left 
I think it was ABC, right? And then it went into streaming mode. Yeah. And the reason I bring the show up is in season one, there was not one, there was not two, <laughs> there was not three, there were four different showrunners. And to use a Star Trek analogy, four lights. Yeah, it was four <laughs> different showrunners. So this is worse. You've started the production on this whole thing. You have not named a showrunner. Oh, my gosh. In the early planning, that's when the showrunner really takes hold of everything and is able to shape the series and the season that they're about to shoot. Oh, my gosh. And they were doing it without one. I can't imagine that. So that's that's one example. Uh I keep on wanting to say Desperate Housewives. Designated Survivor is one example. Another example <laughs> I'll use on the streaming service side is season two of Man in the High Castle, which I just so happened to have just watched. I didn't realize it until I started looking it up online. They had a showrunner leave the show in the middle of the second season. I don't know if he was fired or she was fired. I don't even know who it was. I don't know if they were fired or if they just were like, I've I've had it and left or or whatever. And I didn't notice it too much, but in retrospect, as I was watching it through, but in retrospect, yeah, there was uh, some problems with the storyline in season two that the season three showrunner that had to come in and fix everything had to fix everything in order to get it where they wanted it for season three. Man in the High Castle, by the way, is airing season four later on this year. So if you want to catch up to it, it's pretty cool. It, it is basically, instead of Russia and the United States winning World War II, the Nazi Germany and Japan win World War II, and it's the world that's there, but it doesn't stop there. There's also multi-universe theory going on. It's very interesting. I am totally intrigued by it. However, the loss of the showrunner in the second season was that, again, that is that pales in comparison to what CBS has done with Star Trek here and with the, naming the showrunner after you've already been down the road. I, come on, guys. I, you, you've, you've screwed up enough Star Trek over the past few years. A lot of people will say that some of the movies in whatever universe you're talking about, one of the movies just didn't do it for you or whatever. Okay, I get it. But I mean, Star Trek, man, Star Trek, this is supposed to be cool. And Paramount slash CBS just can't get it right. They keep on screwing it up. Uh, okay, I agree with you, actually. Uh, the designated survivor thing was something that came to my mind right away. Because, yeah, you and I watched that. Uh, like I said, I don't know why I've watched season three. They've done a very, very hard shift as they went to Netflix, but I have. And yeah, season one was a disaster because it was it screamed of they didn't know their direction. And yeah, I, I think that this is worse because you are launching a series, launching a series without having somebody behind it to essentially shift it the right direction. I think if we take a look at um, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Justice League that had uh, Josh Whedon come in after um, Zack Schneider and there was a bunch of research shoots? It kind of shows exactly what happens when somebody is directing something a certain way and they're the ones that's behind it because Josh Whedon comes in and he's like, I want to go ahead and change this direction entirely. And it causes all sorts of reshot shots and allegedly a bunch of Zack Snyder footage was removed and you can kind of tell it in there as well. And here, like, are they going to use anything that's been done at this point? Because for all we know, 
showrunner comes in here and goes, this is useless. Why do I want this? We don't want this. And the other thing that's really interesting about this is because of the fact that when they've talked about Picard, they've been very vague with what exactly is the direction of the show. Is that because of the fact that they weren't certain? I don't know. I already heard that I thought Jonathan Frakes directed his episode. I thought that he's come in and directed an episode already. So then that means that they've done a whole episode's worth of filming without a showrunner. I'm completely lost here. Completely lost. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, I, I have a solution here that I, I know why that they're, they haven't said who the original showrunner was. Okay. It was Booth B. <laughs> yeah okay so i just double checked here so bleeding cool okay so it looks like this news article i think i said the 29th earlier it looks like it was posted on the 27th from what i saw here and then on june 18th bleeding cool had said jonathan frake signals his directing duties have wrapped so that was a couple weeks before this announcement came out about the showrunner that's so bizarre. Absolutely mind-blowing to me that they've wrapped episodes without a showrunner. Well, like I said, maybe they had a showrunner that they didn't acknowledge. Maybe it was Jonathan Franks, and he just wasn't willing to put in the work for it or didn't think he had the vision for it or something. I don't know. So pilots are one thing. You can shoot a pilot and not necessarily have a showrunner. But if you're shooting the pilot as the the, the the creative inception of the show, then you definitely need a showrunner. And usually you do. And I just think CBS is needing a little 101 on how to run a show. But, you know, that's just me. Well, we'll see what happens here. I hope that they're able to salvage this. I really am because um, I think there's a lot of really good potential, especially because of the fact that uh, you've got Patrick Stewart in here you have a really interesting concept that they established in the universe was some major events happening and um, the concept of a broken down Picard could be a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm skeptical given this news, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's go ahead and move on to our extra extra here. First up, let's talk briefly about something that uh, I used to podcast with uh, somebody. I don't remember what his name was. Oh, Steve Boyd. And um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Chris Farrell. That's right. Chris Farrell oh, and I okay. used to do a, a Walking Dead podcast. And it's looking like, as we record this on July 1st, this week may be the last issue of the Walking Dead comic book. This has just been posted today that allegedly... Episode, or episode uh, issue number 193 is going to be the last issue of The Walking Dead. Bleeding Cool first posted that the 71 page Walking Dead number 193 will be the final issue, even though it has been marketed as such. There's also a leaked image that apparently has a statement, allegedly, from creator Robert Kirkman that says, I'm upset too. I'm going to miss it as much as you will, if not more so. It breaks my heart that I had to end it and we have to move on, but I just love this world too much to stretch things out until it doesn't live up to what I want it to be. 
So I'm interested to see, yes, there have been apparently, like I think as Diamond has it listed for several more issues still, but it's easy enough for them to cancel those and, you know, do a bunch of back channel things to, to fix that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. 193 may be the last issue of The Walking Dead. Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, has long said that he had a distinct idea of an endpoint for The Walking Dead. He's never said what that was, but he's always claimed to have had that. And so maybe we got there. I am many, many issues behind The Walking Dead. It's just one of those things that I kept saying, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. And I never did. Uh, I actually had a bit of a conversation going with Steve Boyd and Chris Farrell earlier, and they both were talking about the idea of where this was going to end. So, um, and sort of what's led up to this point. And I, I kind of kept out of it, but they seemed okay with the idea behind this. I think this is what they were saying. But anyways, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not surprised because Robert Kirkman has done a little bit to do with the television show. He's also made bank, so he doesn't really have to do this anymore. It was always surprising that he kept going. And with The Walking Dead, television universe just have expanded the way that it's going. It continues to grow. Even though ratings are down, the universe itself continues to grow. You know what? I'm sure Robert Kirkman's going to continue to rake in that dough. And if he doesn't want to keep going, he doesn't have to keep going. Yes, you're right. I'm just scratching my head when I saw the news saying, I don't know if this is because the sales were down per each issue, perhaps because there's waning interest in the actual show. So let's quit now while you're ahead and don't ride something into the ground or something. I, I don't know. It does, I, it's not up to me to know why it's just that somebody has made the decision could have been Kirkman could have been the publishing company said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Okay. Well, that's it. Yeah. It, it would have been Kirkman. I'm sure. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll know once this is released, we'll have known whether or not it was or not, because again, this show, this episode will actually release, uh, fully, on Thursday, which will be after this is this alleged last issue. Moving on to our ex next extra extra point. SP, did you tell me that Apple's moving its Mac Pro production from Texas to China? No, no, I didn't tell you. According to the show notes, Ars Technica <laughs> told you. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, yeah, that's really the headline and all we need to say about it. What do you think about this? Uh, them moving Mac Pro production from Texas to China, even though there's possibly some tariffs coming on, they're still thinking um, apparently about moving the production over to China. It's interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I'm at a loss to describe the economic situation that confronts us because companies want to move out of manufacturing from the United States and have been in that move for decades now. And for a company that said we are going to start investing more in production in the United States to suddenly say, OK, we're going to move something out of the United States. That's a power play. And it's probably trying to get some political attention. But also it's let's face it, it's cheaper to produce stuff. And then when you're talking about Apple and we, we've been talking about cell phones for quite a bit. We haven't really talked about the laptops. Cell phones are outrageously expensive in comparison to Androids. And if they can cut some costs, they'll either increase profits and keep selling stuff at the higher level, or they're able to reduce costs. I just don't see them 
reducing the price of these things. I think they're going to want to take more profit. Bottom line is that Apple's made this move and they're going to continue to make moves like this in the future. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future with the whole thing. It's it, there's nothing you can or I can do about it except for vote with our dollars. And you voted with your dollars by not going with Apple in terms of cell phones. I kind of stuck in that architecture, like I said, from my sister, which called in, I believe, as we were starting last week's show. <laughs> so you, you get the idea of what I'm doing there, dealing with there. So, OK, I mean, what do you think, Stephen? I, I you know what I think? I think that the new Mac Pro is friggin ugly is what I think. I think that it looks like a cheese grater and it's absolutely horrendous. And uh, maybe they need to outsource their design. That's what I think. OK. <laughs> what do we get? What else we got in the extra extra? Uh, guess what? It's July, which means it's Prime Day month. Yes, Prime Day is in, I don't know, what is it, another couple weeks here? And 15th and 16th. 15th I and 16th. So it's almost here. And if you're not familiar with that, Amazon Prime Day is when Amazon offers a bunch of exclusive deals to Prime members. If you didn't know this, you can go ahead and get a Prime trial for 30 days so you can definitely get in for free if you don't own a prime subscription already uh you just make sure you cancel it before these 30 days is over but it's actually uh always fun to talk about because there are de the deals are hit and miss and i'm sure we'll do a little roundup again after prime day but i do want to say that right now there are deals on there um if you are looking for amazon voice services devices there are some amazon tech deals on there and in the past, what we've seen, if I remember correctly, is that the Amazon things came on ahead of time and they didn't really do much price wise different from that during Prime Day. They kind of stuck with that. So if you're seeing any deals on there right now, maybe you won't get much better. But the thing is, like, I will say that uh, you might not get better for Prime Day. But traditionally, if I remember correctly, over the last couple of years, there have been other points of the year then Prime Day where there have been better deals on these Amazon voice services devices. But you know what? It might be a time for you to get in so you can also pet your Amazon voice services device like SP likes to do. If you haven't checked out the video side of things, he regularly is seen petting and stroking his Amazon Echo Dot. He's doing stroke, it right now. Stroke, 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 pet. <laughs> Stroke, stroke, stroke. At. Okay, that's really awkward. No, no, dude, that's just weird. <laughs> stroke I, it. Before we do close up the show, I want to actually take a moment to bounce off at this point to say that I finally unboxed my Google Home Mini. Last week, we were talking about Google Home on the show. I disagreed with Chris Farrell on a bit, bit of things based off of my assistant that I've got on my Pixel, which runs the same software. And I'm not going to comment on what we discussed last week, but I do want to say right now that it's the first time I actually opened my home mini that I got for free through a Spotify promo. And I hate the design. I absolutely think that aesthetically it looks really good, but I, I loathe the design from a functionality perspective. If you're wanting to use physical buttons, it's really awkward. They've got this sort of like weird where you're supposed to touch one side. And because it's such a light device, if you go to touch it, it moves over. The uh, way to mute it is in an awkward spot. And if you were to have one of these up higher, you won't see the lights. So I look forward to the second generation of Google Home devices because like 
I think from a visual perspective, they definitely did a great job visually. And you saw that because Amazon follows suit with their third generation Echo Dots. They kind of copied the fabric look a little bit. And I think that Google deserves credit for this. But functionality, I cannot get used to it. And uh, I was actually on the phone gabbing with my dad about it a little bit when I was un- opening it up and uh, playing with the dot at the first time or the um, mini. I think I called it a mini. Sorry, Google Home Mini. And I kept accidentally playing music because the, there I didn't even realize there was these touch things built into it. I was just trying to move it. And all of a sudden I was playing music. It, I, I hate the functionality design of the Home Mini. I think it's a train wreck. Which is why I go with Amazon devices, at least for now. With that said, I do hope that one day I can be convinced to move back to the Google ecosystem because I use so much Google stuff already. I I would be totally okay with it. But uh, for now, uh, initial impressions. I love my Amazon stuff, but that's not... We'll see. I'll talk about it more with Chris sometime since he's also got his Google stuff there and uh, we can compare notes. SP, before we go, do you have anything that you'd like to plug or promote tonight? We've been rocking it over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've been talking about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show this summer. It's in the summer run show came out in June. It'll go into August, maybe September time frame. And it's been a really fun season, season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they just continue to write it really tightly. And aside from the divestiture, basically from the MCU, which they haven't stated for sure that it's like that, but you're kind of reading between the lines and you, okay, the multiverse theory holds and we are off the reservation, but the show itself, it just continues to rocket. They continue to bring great stuff. So we talk about it on legends of shield and I will have, by the time you actually listen to this episode produced, uh, the latest episode of legends of shield will be out. Talk about, the episode of agents of shield and it's it's really cool what we've been able to do we had by the way the last episode that's out right now we had chris from play comics on and that was really fun i've been really enjoying agents of shield this year um just because it's off the rails and i'm okay with it you know with seeing what they did with the marvel universe like i'm totally okay with them just going their own direction at this point it's it's totally okay with me and uh i've i've been enjoying the We'll censor myself. The bat s crazy nature of uh, Agents of Shield been a lot of fun. It has. Before we go, I do want to plug as well the Gunna Geek website. We got a lot of great creators over there. Yes, Legends of Shield is one, but I encourage you to check out the full network. A lot of really great people over there. That's GunnaGeekNetwork.com. I encourage you to come on by, check out a show, and if you like a show, please write them and tell them that you like it. It's really important because. All of us there are pretty much hobby podcasters. And so we do it just out of the fun. And, uh, you know, I'll speak the truth. Sometimes you get a little less fuel in the tank and you consider maybe even doing something like shutting down the show. And sometimes that email that I love your show can be enough to refill that that gas tank. So definitely, if you like a show, please do write them and tell them how much you do like it, because it can be hard, especially this time of year with summer. There's a lot of people who take vacations. It's hot. A lot of times you don't want to be sitting in a room sweating with your computer shutting itself randomly off every 20, 30 seconds, whatever it is. And it can be really hard to keep going. So if you do like a show, please do write them and tell them because most of the shows on there 
don't get real-time interaction. We're pretty fortunate here because we stream live and we do. So please do write them. I might have to fly my drone in the office as we're recording just to create some, you know, fan <laughs> air movement. <laughs> I tried to fly that Star Wars drone on here, if you remember, a long time ago, and it was a disaster. I, I encourage you not to. <laughs> that, that drone is a little bit bigger oh, and might actually hurt. It's on. It's on. It's ready to roll. Well, on that note, before SP ends up knocking himself out unconscious, ah, for episode 293 of the official geek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying happy Canada Day. And if you are American, happy 4th of July. Happy Canada Day to you guys north of the border. Happy 4th of July to America. And if you're in Great Britain, sorry you lost us, but we're still friends. Wow, that was some shade you just threw right now. Well, I mean, the Royals. You got to love the Royals. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. <laughs>